Welcome, listener, to the Grief Burrito Podcast. I am your space-transmuted host, Harrison Wilde. And I am your alien prison god, Yum Yusto! Jordan. <laughs> and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about our experience playing this month's game, Another World, and how this game was made by a one-man team! Let's start at the Particle Accelerator. Getting struck with lightning. Ka-chow? Ka-chow's <laughs> the cars thing, right? Ka-chow! That's the right noise, yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to be transported to... Another world. We're back from our lovely little break. And we're entering our brand new season of the show. And to kick it off, we're beginning our Alpha Buratic Burrito Classic, which was a name came up by Jordan. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the the worst thing about that is because we had the conversation and it rolls off the tongue much better if you say Alpha Buratic Burrito Mick Classic. It does. And now yeah. I can't stop saying Mick Classic <laughs> when I think about it. That's about the like, trademark. We're not sponsored by McDonald's. However, no. if you we could be. Get on to this. Um, the goal yeah. of these episodes is to cover games going from A to Z, hence, mm -hmm. hence the Alpha Buratic. I don't think that's actually a word, but you know, it's fine. So we'll do that and we'll loop all the way back to A. So we go A, Z, and then to A again. I don't know why I'm explaining this really basic thing. I don't thing. know. I mean, uh, what about B, C, D? You just want A, Z. So we, have to, we can do a, another world, then Zelda. Z. Another world, <laughs> Zool. <laughs> I can't think of another game beginning with A. Um, and then we're not doing yeah. any funky characters. Because funky. I guarantee someone would ask and I'd have to explain no. What would be funky characters? Do you mean like... I don't know. Like... R. R's a bit suspicious. R's... <laughs> <laughs> Super sus. Uh, I don't know. Q, just a backwards P. It, it is, yeah. Well, he's got a little tail. It's, it's, oh, a, it's it? a furry Q. It's got a tail. It wears, it's a, a, wears a tail. It's a furry Q. It's a Wow. Did you know J and I used to be the same character in Old English? Really? Weird. Yeah, we just didn't have a J. They were just like, F it. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, just had an I, and that did both. We're, we're getting off track already. We are. We are yeah. already. It's good I to be back. I meant like <laughs> fucking accented characters. I don't know. Umlauts. Yeah, okay. If you want to suggest a game for us to experience, you can send it into any of our socials. At Grief Burrito. At Grief Burrito. Sorry, I Thank stopped you, looking Jordan. at the thing. On our emails. <laughs> at, <laughs> sorry, no, at Grief Burrito at gmail.com. I put the at in the wrong place. I feel like a right TW at. <laughs> So our email is at no at griefburrito at gmail.com now. <laughs> You'll find that there. Or you can join our Discord using the link below where you can join us for weekly chats and game nights. Shades off. You're taking the shades off? Okay, I'll, I'll put see. mine up. I can see. I know, it's much easier, isn't it? And you can also message us directly like the wonderful Elijah did from griefburrito.com to suggest some games. So shout out to you, dude. Thank you for your message. Thank you. World's, world's too bright. Sunglasses back. I know. <laughs> I've ruined it for myself. Next message. And if you want to support the show and get, you can tell that this like time off has not helped us at all no, with the preparations and shit. Um, and if you want to support the show and get some behind the scenes extras, you can do that on patreon.com forward slash grief burrito or one word. All one word. You can do indeed. So let's do it. Let's get into this. Let's begin starting with the letter A. As our alphabet do. 
Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> our alphabet starts at C, apparently. <laughs> so our first game is Another World, which was released in the fine year of 1991, as I was. I was also released that year. On the Atari <laughs> ST and the Commodore Amiga. Jordan, please explain in the highest of effort, in your most exciting space adventure voice, the gist of this game. I don't know what one of those is. Let's go with this. Lester doing space, etc. <laughs> Our science boy Lester, after pulling up in his sweet Ferrari 288 GTO, decides to kick back with some particle acceleration. No doubt opening a nice, cool, refreshing can of tab. Tab! Only for lightning to strike and cause his experiment to go awry and transport him to a dangerous alien planet also known as another world 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 as he escapes ferocious beasts and strange knee scratching leeches he's captured by planet the planet's humanoid <laughs> potato men and imprisoned what will our intrepid adventurer do harrison who knows but when but <laughs> Do you, would you like me to continue? C continue, please, the description. But when he manages to escape with another imprisoned potato man known as Buddy, they both <laughs> must solve puzzles and fight their way to freedom. Huzzah! <laughs> Buddy! <laughs> Buddy! Buddy, well, yes. <laughs> so let's get straight into our experience with the virgin. game. virgin. Fuck off. Go away, virgin. We're recording. This is the Burrito <laughs> Podcast. So now we know oh. a little bit about the game. Let's talk about our first experiences with the game. Okay. So I have a bit of a strange one starting this game. Uh, I think we've mentioned it before, but if any listeners don't know about this, my first introduction was finding a Sega Mega Drive in my grandma's house with this game. No idea where it came from. Don't know why my grandma was a Sega head and it's not a an Nintendo gamer. head. It's big gamer, gamer moment, old gamer moments. <laughs> Epic and old I... gamer moment. <laughs> Epic OAP gamer moment. OAP gamer moments. I need a sting. No, I know I have to make the animation. Shit. Okay. <laughs> so, and I, I, I borrowed it. I can't remember whether I asked or not. I think I just took it. I stole it. And I started playing through it. And I never really got much further than getting out of the cage in that first area in the cave. Because it is very, very difficult. And this new play, I, I went through on Twitch. Here's a clip of someone who looks suspiciously like me losing their absolute shit over it because it was very difficult. Uh, and you can see highlights on our YouTube channel as well, which is Grief Burrito Gamer or on the full stream channel, which is Grief Burrito XL. If you want everything unedited, that's there so for you many. too. So many channels. Uh, this game is hard. You die fast. You die a lot. But I was constantly surprised how much you could do. Like, what, what did you think? Where, what was your first experience with it? It is crazy unclear at all points, and I think that lends well to whatever that game is. Uh, it because does. It feels more like you, you're playing a TV show than a game. You it, know what I mean? It's very cinematic. Yeah, it is. And it's stupidly hard, especially with the controllers being as... The, the controls in it are just weird because they're so unresponsive. Yeah. They really are. Yeah, you have to... You're, you're expected to react so quickly. Like when you're running away from the water in the cave, for example. Here's a picture of Jordan's face that I snapped while he was gaming. <laughs> I'll put that on screen for the YouTube viewers. Uh, the, the snap reaction you have to have to cross a screen boundary and then instantly jump over holes is so, so hard. 
But it is. It, it made me want to do it. it. It got me to that level of, of frustrated where you're like, I have to do this. Like, I, I'm less of a person, less of a gamer <laughs> if I don't manage to get through this. Exactly. It is... There's certain points where you're like, you're running from like left to right. Mm -hmm. yep. And then you're like, right, I've got to keep running because that's what the game wants me to do. And then you just get fucking obliterated on the next screen. It's like, I don't understand what no, I'm no. meant to it's, do. It's so, There's so no hard. There's no way you meant... It's all trial and error and it, it actually works. Like, the it game... Does. Do you know how long the game's meant to take you to complete if you know what you're doing? How long? Like 20 minutes. Really? That quick? I watched a, I watched a guy speed run it in 10 minutes. Holy crap, man. But it took me an hour and a half, and I had, like, hints off of it. Well, a few hints, not many, off of our good friend Mihai. Yes. How long did it take boy. you? Uh, I did a stream of, I think it was about three hours. So I was right. doing it on my own on stream at first and struggling my way through it and getting very frustrated because I was checking the chat while I was doing it, talking <laughs> to people. And then Mike did pop into my stream as well, and he helped along... Mike is a godsend. He's he's such a great person to have helping you through <laughs> a game. Yeah, so it was good fun, but it, it took me two two full streams, I think it was, of about an hour and a half each, something like that. Yeah, fair um, But once once you get through sections that are particularly hard, you've died that many times. You build like a muscle memory of being able to like jump over those holes or get away yeah. from certain things. And I found myself being able to do sections very, very easy if I died and had to go back to them. Yeah, I I I completely agree with you. I think once you get used to the timings of the button presses and stuff, yeah. it becomes much easier. Um, there are things you think will kill you which don't. Yeah, which is kind yeah. of weird. And it's like being like a pixel away from this like ground grabby thing. Sunglasses on. On. We're back after a podcast. podcast thinking on. we'd lost the audio, but no, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is okay. Everything yeah, is a okay. So, I forgot what I was saying. Something about the ground things that eat you, and you've got like a you've got like a few pixels of like, am I fine? Am I not? This looks terrible. <laughs> yeah. But everything was the fine gross in little sarlacky pit things that like, yeah. like open and cl that must have been a horrible sound for people's headphones. Sorry <laughs> about that. <But> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they were horrible. I hated them. And the animations of death, I also found were very expressive. They're really good. Like I'm really are. Overall, I think the art direction it it looks almost like papercraft. It does, yeah. It, it if really you're playing does. in like so, just for clarity, here, we played the uh, the 20th anniversary mm -hmm. uh, anniversary anniversary the 20th anniversary version of this game. Um, so you did have the option of going between the old style graphics and the new style. I changed to the old style and immediately went. Nah. <laughs> went really? You back. went back? Oh, I Hell actually yeah. prefer the old one. No, I like... I like. It's a bit of a, a barren game in places. But overall, yeah. it's like... It looks quite nice. All the stuff fits really well. Like, I was a big fan of the art style. Oh, and yeah. The, the whole art too. direction was brilliant. The fact that it's all done by Eric Chahi on his own as well is what a guy. so, so impressive. And he was only like 19 at the time when he made this. What an absolute lad. What a lad! A French what? lad, a lad. <laughs> a lude. A lude. <laughs> That's probably some offensive word. I'm sorry if we offended anyone. <laughs> a la franche. Yeah, la franche. I swear we've just said something horrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> just bleep all of that. Editor, yeah. bleep it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> were there any moments that gave you any pause or real trouble? Because I definitely had a few, the cave in specifically. 
I was fine with the caves. The, the cave was fine, but there was a bit where <laughs> I I didn't realize. Like I saw I saw the little rock guy or whatever he was, Potato Man, our mm-hmm. friend Buddy. Uh, but wait, should we explain? Buddy's like a friendly carrot, friendly bad guy in this. Yeah, he's, he's like imprisoned with you. And yeah, he's in a cage and you get out. Yeah, and so there's a bit where he's crawling through a grate or like a <laughs> an air duct, and I was like, oh cool, Buddy's here, and I just fucking ran past like whatever. Oh really? I proceeded to do the rest of the level, mm-hmm. which I got to like the end point where he's appa- he's meant to help you, and. I was there, and I must have killed, like, 15 of these bad guys. Just fucking mowing them down. And they just, like, Mike was sat there watching. I was like, what the, Mike? I've killed so many. I'm genociding this fucking race. <laughs> it's going to be no planet left. And he, and I, I just, it wasn't working. And then I found out I had to go back and, like, shoot a chandelier that was holding this grate together. Yeah, that's right. That was very... I don't know that that was very cryptic to do. There's there's moments where you're expecting to know things that are yeah. just like I, I will tell you. My experience is if I see something that looks vaguely out of place, I just shot it. I'm like just gonna there. shoot it. Yeah. That ball <laughs> looks semi destructible. Well, see, that's, that's the difference between games now and and games back then, isn't it? Because like now yeah. we're I. Look I didn't lovely shoot any architecture. Of that. I can't shoot this. Yeah, well, I was. I'm so used to seeing games that are filled with things that just because there is something in a room. I don't expect to shoot it. Whereas in old games, if something is unusual in a in a, a room, it's not always just going to be like an architectural interest. It's going to be something you're expected to interact with. Everything's like with functional. The, yeah, like the, the red bird thing in the cave that has to yeah. fly across to distract the tentacle things that eats it so you can jump across and not get eaten. Like that's yeah. clever. Like that's a cool little puzzle mechanic that you're sort of expected to figure out. Yeah, I think that's the thing with those games, isn't it? There's so little mm-hmm. space within the cartridge or within the files or whatever yeah, when you're yeah. making it. Everything has a purpose. It does. Like everything. Does. This this game, I I from what I read, I think the cartridge was 1.4 megabytes in total. Wow. Have you seen that thing for Mario where it's like, how how big was Super Mario uh, like the original Mario game? Oh, it was like, I'm sure it was kilobytes. It was like 256 kilobytes or something. Yeah, and then someone's got like, Super Mario's 256 kilobytes. This image of a screenshot from the yeah. game is like 3 meg. <laughs> yeah. It's like, fucking how? That whole image on Google is bigger than the entire game, yeah. I, I think we should probably get into talking about how the game was made then, seeing as we're like, gradually getting into like, its memory usage. Let's Let's talk about the game itself. Hell yeah. So... The game, as I mentioned, was released in 1991 for the Amiga and the Atari ST, but eventually made its way onto the Sega, the SNES, and many, many more as it grew in popularity. It's been on every console pretty much, I think. It's even on the Switch to this day. They've just yeah. kept releasing it. I think I've only heard of it once, which was through, really? through Game Grumps, yeah. Yeah, because they had, they had a series, didn't they? They played it on it. That was yeah. it. I watched like a bit of it and I was like, oh, funny, Macaruba. Yeah. <laughs> Macaroobs. Yeah. That <laughs> is a very good series. <laughs> uh, but that was all I'd heard about it. Um, uh, And obviously seeing it now mm-hmm. and playing through it, I can completely see where a lot of inspirations for like were taken for other games. Like Abe's Odyssey. Yeah. Abe, Massively. You can totally see like the foreground and background thing and, oh, it's you can definitely see where they've taken inspiration from that, which is you amazing. Can. You really can. Like the game has become a monument within itself. Like it, it's it's been a jumping off point for loads of games. Like you said about um, Abe's Odyssey and even 
Kojima, Hideo Kojima stated that it's one of his five biggest inspirations on his work to this date, which oh, obviously wow. explains why his games are so weird that he's <laughs> taking it from this kind of stuff. And yeah, like keeping definitely. in like cryptic nature because he's known for having very cryptic games isn't he yeah even even to stuff like pt where you're expected to know stuff about whispering into the microphone to get the yeah. ghost like why would you even try that you show me the sink baby <laughs> show me the baby again <laughs> i want to baby. see the sink fetus now <laughs> so please don't clip that no i'm going to it's going to be in the next advert for that release. show me the sink fetus <laughs> Grant me the sink, Peter. Grant me. Dangling about, <laughs> whapping it. Oh. So, let's talk about the game. <laughs> so, uh, Eric Chahi describes the game as digital performance. He said it's more like art, which is a really weird comment to say about this, but I can kind of understand where he's coming from. And as I mentioned yeah. before, I find it insane that the game can hold not only the game itself in its tiny memory, but also all the cutscenes that you have. Because... I can't think of any other game from this age that even has anything remotely like cutscenes. No, not at all. I suppose they are all quite uh, simple. They are the simplistic. Like, mm-hmm. the, the most complex one, I'd imagine, is when you're in the giant like coliseum and you got a tank. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's well... So there's a cutscene going on while you're playing. Yeah. But the, the cool thing is, like, even when you're doing that, all that's happening is like you see... Lester, it is Lester, isn't it? Lester, yeah. Yeah, you see Lester going up into like the the crow's nest of the tank thing, mm-hmm. but it's just like the colours fading over it. <clears throat> That's right. So yeah, there isn't a huge amount of complexity going into it, which is for the the thing that amazes me about this game is how grand it feels despite taking twenty minutes to beat. Yeah, it feels like another world. Like it, it yeah. it's so well made that it just feels encapsulated as another place like it's so consistent in what yeah. it does and it does give you that feeling of like there's no explanation so it does feel like mm. you've just been thrown onto this planet and you're figuring it all out yeah because yeah. like, you is, don't know what any of this stuff is and means no why does this gun make a shield why does no it also idea. make a plasma beam <laughs> yeah. a kamehameha apparently it's inspired by dragon ball z he said is it actually <laughs> yeah he That's said sick. he was watching that at the time yeah uh, I mean, the cutscene that I thought was really, really cool is the intro one, where he pulls up in his Ferrari and walks in and, like, closes the door, gets his can, sits down to do some acceleration. He is way too cool to be a scientist. I know. And he, how has he got a Ferrari? I how? know. He's a theoretical physicist, and he's yeah. raking it in. Well, I guess, like, you know, you can skim a little off the top if you've got a fucking <laughs> particle accelerator. I guess, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little bit of little bit of dividends. I mean, knowing him, he might have built it. He might have built it himself. I built. I am the creator of Ferrari, and also <laughs> science. science. Science man. I did science the other day. Whoa! Oh, you did? Yeah, you did I do did. science. I was part of a science. <laughs> I was part of a science. I was part was of a science. Cool. Oh, mate! Honestly, it was uh, it was pretty cool. I'm distracting away from the episode, but uh, it's a. Uh, I had to do a science and I had to help with looking at some photogrammetry and saying how I think and feel about it and explaining things out loud. Oh, it was photogrammetry you looked at? Yeah, about like how it, how cultural items, something, something, something. I stopped listening. Um, Obviously the science went well. (laughs) No, no, it it went really well, but it was good because working on the podcast, Mm -hmm. I can think out loud quite easily because of what we do. 
which yep. is quite nice. So I think they're appreciative. <laughs> we can talk yeah. enough until something sounds like it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If you throw enough words together, man, it's going to make yeah. some form of sense. Someone's going to like it on the internet. Science! <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> so with a bit of science talk there, we're going to talk about how this was actually done because I found it massively fascinating. It was a device called the Genlock. Have you ever heard of this? No. Okay, so it's a little box that almost looks like a guitar pedal. That was what struck me first about it. Okay. And it lets you composite polygons on top of footage, which actually allowed him to rotoscope real footage that he'd recorded. So rotoscoping, if any of you guys listening or watching don't know what it is, it's what filmmakers did in the early days of film to do special effects. So think like the lightsaber uh, glowing effect over the top of actual film footage, whether it was drawn on, cut out, or like in 2001 when they had the spaceships in space, that's all rotoscoping. Old TV stations apparently used it as well. So when they're doing like live footage for news, and I think, and this is a blast from the past, this is showing how old I am, and if Jordan might remember it too, uh, teletext. Do you remember teletext? Oh, teletext. teletext. I never used it. I just remember seeing it and being like, this is terrible. It was a weird concept of a TV channel where essentially it was just like really shit colors in really crap graphics on the screen where you could... My mum used to book holidays on it, my, my brother and my Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, and you could check the lottery like that, numbers, I remember that. That's it. It's. I'm glad it's dead. Yeah, uh, me too. I mean, is there a we website try and hack for it? it? Maybe. I'll, I'll. If I can find anything, I'll stick it on screen while we've been talking about it because it, it. It's an interesting concept that I don't think is even used anymore. No, I'm wondering if there is like a website where you, people have like emulated it so you can see what it'll look like if you're young and you don't know what teletext is. Yeah. It's well, an I, I imagine. A lot of our listeners probably won't have any idea what teletext is. I know um, a lot of our listeners are like around our age, like around 30, so they might remember it, but it was sort of going out when I was a kid, so they may have no concept of it whatsoever. On its way out, taken behind the shed. Yeah. Come on, Lenny. Let's go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> Old yellow mixed with mice and men. Yeah. <laughs> what it, it what got happened the to Lenny? He got rabies. I don't know. I saw like that. <laughs> he bit a rabbit or something. He shot him. He bit a rabbit. <laughs> he bit a rabbit. He got rabies. Yeah. And then Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> and the escape from prison. Mix all this shit in. The Green Mile. Yeah. He had Jesus powers. And then he got put in the electric chair. Who knows? <laughs> the end. <laughs> and everyone lived happily ever after. <laughs> And then Forrest Gump. Yeah, he just runs. And then Lenny got his leg braces off. Uh, <laughs> and then his, his girlfriend died of AIDS. Is that what happens? I think that's what happens, right? <laughs> I think you're summarizing quite a lot, but you basically got it. I, I think we've just, like, spoiled about 10 80s classics <laughs> in about three sentences. Um, sorry, anyone who hasn't seen these films, I guess. <laughs> I think if a film's been out for, like, fuck, 80s was 40 years ago. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, hey. The Lord of the Rings came out 20 years ago. Ah! If I know. A, if a film's been out for 20 years, you can't really spoil it, can you? I don't know. I think there's still some things that you shouldn't... I, I, I firmly stand by going into a film blind, having not known anything, especially after seeing Spider-Man Far From Home. Sorry to diverge a moment from our, our game podcast, because we do talk about films as well sometimes, if this is your first time listening. But yeah. that going into that film without having seen any trailers, not reading anything, avoiding all spoilers, was literally the best cinematic moment of 2020 and 2021, easily. Yeah, I, I did that. I didn't mm. hear anything. I, I obviously knew what was happening with the film itself. Yeah. But yeah. I, I had no spoilers or anything, and it was so good. 
Such so a good, good. I might go see it again tomorrow, actually, because it's still <laughs> on in my town. So I might go Bad see play? it again. If my heart can take it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good film. It is. It's very good. So let's talk about vector graphics. So this means that our boy Chahi, he could use real-time data to resize the polygons on the screen, which is why it had such cool animations for like jumping, running, um, the combat with the monsters and aliens. And it only had two basic functions when making these kind of vector graphics on the screen. He could draw lines between two vector points or more vector points to make a shape so he could have a line drawing, kind of like how asteroids used to look. Okay. Except it was so, so advanced. He had one more tool, Jordan. It was that handy fill paint bucket, which meant he could fill shapes. <laughs> he could fill. Who's Phil? He could <laughs> fill. Chahi Philip. I don't know his last name. Chahi is his last name. Eric <laughs> Philip Chahi. <laughs> he, could he could fill. 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 <laughs> the game actually works with a huge 320 by 320 pixel screen. Damn. And boasts a momentous 16 colors on screen all at once. No holds barred. Okay. I will I will tell you the little gripe I have with this game. Tell me. 20th anniversary mm. doesn't go up to 4K. <gasps> really? Did it just yeah, go up I, had to to I had to play it windowed in like 1080. I was like, like some kind of fucking peasant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no way. So I, I have only got a 1080 TV that I played mine on. So I... I I didn't know that. Mine was just full screen as standard. I'm upset. You should have a, you should have a CRT TV always ready <laughs> to play some retro games. Oh man, I I might try and buy a CRT TV. CRT TV. Shout out to Craig. I'm sure you remember that hiccup. Did we do the same with Jess on Jessica on paper as well? Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. And then you shouted at me for leaving. Yeah, because you didn't back me up. You didn't finish my rhymes. I thought, I thought you were just doing weird things, as usual. <laughs> I thought you were just being the usual freaky-deaky self. <laughs> Harrison's being a freak again. <sighs> Set the timer. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, record the episode. We've got 40 minutes before he starts again. Uh, okay, where were we up to? So, most games of this complexity would have only 50 polygons on screen at any one time because of the color limitations. So you could only have 16 colors if you had 320 by 320 pixels. If you wanted any any more resolution than that or any less layers, you had to drop the color down. Now, where Chahi was particularly clever, he was a clever little sausage because he actually had 981 polygons in the opening scene alone when you're Damn. climbing from the water, according to one study. And this is because the dramatic scenery of the world that is another is built from four layers. So you had the very far background plane, you had a plane in front of that, you had the level plane, which obviously you're walking on, and then you had the characters moving around on the foreground and anything that would be animated and interacted. And this meant that you could draw the background plane only once to save on memory, which is a clever, clever way to do it. And this is why he could get a blistering 25 frames per second Oh, oh, oh. And it, well, actually on the PAL region, we only had 20, but everywhere else had 25. I don't know why the PAL region was limited. I don't know if it's because of our Hertz channel is different because it was 50 Hertz before. And now the lack we're on of those 60. five frames definitely hurts. It does hurts. It hurts indeed. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. Um, yeah, it was very, very bad. And you'll <laughs> notice that there's actually particles floating in the air as well 
I don't know a game this old that also has particle effects like that. Just like Damn. dust floating in the wind. Uh, Chahi actually used a code processor. So poetic. So poetic. I don't even know. What did I say? I don't even know what was dust poetic. Dust floating in the wind. Ah, oh, pixelated. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can feel the sharp wind. Um, so he actually sharp created Because I imagine it as squares, like little sharp pixels. Yeah, it's all pointy. Getting yeah. hit by fucking Lego bricks. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that is another world. Lego in the wind. Uh, and he he made his own engine to do this as well, which is why it was so special. And he, he made his own coding editor called GFA Basic to make this game. <laughs> he he made a comment that it only took six days to create Earth. The game took him two years. That's a poem. Another world took me two years, yeah. yeah. So he realized 17 months into making the game, that <laughs> he was only a third of the way through. Oh, wow. So he had to crunch like hell just to get it out. Um, he didn't really have much playtesting done. These are mm -hmm. all just things that I've got uh, saying. So he didn't do much playtesting. So Interplay, the publishers behind the Fallout games, the initial ones, were the first no ones to do a full playtest for it. Holy crap. I did not know that. I did not come across that fact at all through my uh, yeah. trawling. Uh, and then the music for the game was created by composer um, Jean-Francois Freitas. I don't know why I said it in like a fucking That's Italian like a Russian accent. accent. <laughs> yeah. Jean-Francois Freitas. Uh, Jean I don't Francois. know what all yeah. these are. I, I mean, uh, that's a very French name. I, I'm, I'm not surprised that you struggled with that one. French. That might be the most French name I've ever seen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And uh, the music was also released on CD and vinyl by Black Screen Records in 2017. Very cool. Um, and Black Screen have also done the releases for other video game soundtracks such as Coffee Talk, Risk of Rain, and Hyperlight Drifter. Wow, they've got quite a back catalogue of soundtracks, getting, haven't they? Yeah, they're they, three uh, that are particularly known. They re reprint them, yeah. So it's uh, I've got the Coffee Talk one. Mm -hmm. And then they've got a bunch of the ones that I kind of wanted, but at the time I could not afford <laughs> they sell out so fast it's ridiculous well yeah because they're like collector's items aren't they people want little pieces of history especially from games like this like this is a a game that easily stands up as one of the most iconic i think it's like the original indie game yeah i think oneup.com um they put another world at number 99 of their most essential video games of all time list holy shit hell yeah it That's was high I, that what yeah, that's high. Out of every video game ever. Yeah, that's... yeah, because they're obviously still going. I mean, it's. I, I, I've got a, a, a reference here for you. Like, this was. Where was it now? In 2012, it became one of the first 14 titles added to the video game art expo exposition. <laughs> I'll say that again. 14 titles <laughs> added to the video game art exposition at the Museum of Modern Art. Do you say exposition? I think I said exposition. Basil exposition. <laughs> Expo. Okay. Expo. <laughs> yeah. The Modern oh. Art Expo at the Mozart. Oh my God, send help. I quit. <laughs> Brain <laughs> thoughts words. Uh, that's that's pretty amazing. Like, again, the, the art direction in this is like flawless. It's it really, is. really good. Yeah. Like, it really, really is it, good. It, it'd be. If this game didn't have the art direction it had or like the design it had, it'd be shit. It'd be yeah. pretty poor. It would be interesting to see how this game changed if it was made by a team as opposed to one person. Because this is like when you get a visionary director for cinema where, you know, someone yeah. is 
Is it an auteur? Is that the word? An auteur? That's, I think you're mispronouncing the word author there, Harrison. Author. No, Jordan, it's a <laughs> word. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, I don't. I recognize the word, but I don't know what it means. There's a particular word where it means like the director has full control. So they're not only the director, they're the writer, they're the producer. Like they do everything themselves because their vision of having this film in a certain way is so important at getting it across. Kind of like, like Stanley Kubrick. And you design, just describe Kubrick as that because his films had a very specific feeling that you it was very kubrickian it's like that's become a term because it was made in such a way that sounds I like suppose something just... that you'd say if you found the monolith from 2001 hmm, yeah the mon- it's it's very kubrickian it is like an alien race <laughs> it's a cube brick ian kubrickian <laughs> i'm and talking to lego, ian <laughs> lego come in and they're just like whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. that's our word that's sick where yeah. are we going with this episode <laughs> god knows this will all probably be cut so in a as a game that comes from an era when most games were still about arcade scores i think this one is insanely impressive for having such a narrative style and a visual style and i was really really impressed with the escape section towards the end i did not expect such an exciting like climax to the that like you'd get in the elevator you run up you go through that little cutscene where you come into the tank then you're out into the coliseum and you let the that weird big black beast thing go and everyone's running about and it's chaos i was like oh my god it does i was go so excited mental. it just comes out of nowhere it does You're just like it- right we're slowly just trying to survive and then he's like Fuck this, get in the tank <laughs> we've like, gotta go Whoa. and then you crash into a bathhouse and there's all these naked alien potato yeah, women this and then you run butt past and you kill like four people and then yep. you keep running and then you get fucking you get the floor gets blown up and then you drop and then you get caught by an evil one and then it yeah. fucking throws you against a wall and you guys are like Ugh. and then <laughs> and then you, you get guys, kicked they get you get kicked they get into a fight you and your buddy get into a fight and then you fucking call down a laser beam and then you go away and it's <laughs> this like this sounds like you're rambling is, and making it, it up does. but it listeners this is sounds it like i'm fucking making this show genuinely there is a fight between these two people and then you press a button and a laser beam comes down. Then you got to crawl across the ground to go into a lift. And then there's a guy shimmying across the bottom of the screen. And mm-hmm. then he picks you up, puts you on a giant dinosaur bird, and then you fly away. And, and that's you fly it. up into the sunset. And that's the end. And the nice thing about that is it leaves it open. And Chahi said that he didn't want to make a sequel. He, he'd been asked to do so. And there actually is a sequel where you play as Buddy. It's called Heart of the Alien. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, which is really cool. I was hoping it was going to be in the bonus section of the 20th anniversary edition, but it's actually not, unfortunately. Uh, But I might get hold of it, so look out for that because I might play that next. Um, Yeah. yeah. We've we've got to rate this. So we're going to decide whether this goes into our Alpha Buratic Burrito Classic section. You nearly said McClassic, didn't you? I nearly said McClassic. It was really (laughs) hard not to. So Jordan, it's the moment of truth. Is this game an ABC? I... It can't not be, can it? Has to be. Has I, to be. I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time playing it, even though Mike witnessed me just being like, what the fuck is... Fuck! <laughs> ah, ah, Again, ah. see Jordan's face on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was a tough game. It was. Uh, it was. I, I felt like I lost my mind I playing this game. <laughs> Same. I lost my mind momentarily and then found it again and then yep. lost it again. Like, I'm, I'm glad that I ended up playing it. And thankfully, it is so short... I was mm-hmm. concerned that if you look online, it does say it takes about two hours to beat. So I yeah, was expecting yeah. a slightly longer game. No, it's just how difficult it is. 
Yeah, I, I think it's a benefit for how short it is. It's short and sweet and cinematic. Yeah. Uh, I love that there's no HUD, that there's no dialogue, and that you just have to work out what you do. I think it pays massive dividends for it. I, I can't yeah. imagine going back and replaying it too often. I'll say that. I, I think it's a game that I might revisit again in the future just to sort of experience it again as a piece of game in history. It's actually a fun challenge. It, it drove me mad, like I said, but it's fair. You, you get punished for not reacting fast enough. Even if it expects you to react a little fast sometimes, it's still your fault for not reacting. So it, Those commando it's... ones are cracked to, to, like, to fuck. They're so oh, yeah. cracked. It's yeah. like you're walking to a room and it's just like, you're dead. Yeah, they just shoot you. Like, I've you got clips of me ha and having then, to react so fast. They put You put up a shield and they're just like, nice shield you have there. And then they just fucking walk through it and kill yeah. you. Like, how the <laughs> fuck am I meant to do this? It's so funny when they grab you and just beat the crap out of you on the <laughs> yeah. floor. The little this slap sounds like... <laughs> I, I did that where I was like, I ran through, got caught, and they just started punching the shit out of me. And I was like, I need to see this again. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go back enhance and like zoom in <laughs> <laughs> yeah funny yeah um, i i think all all gamers should play this just to see the legacy of it and you just because you can see where so many develop developers had been inspired by the legacy that the game has i'm gonna leave it there i think i'm i'm happy to put this in the classic section classic af magnifique magnif french kiss french kiss chef's yeah. kiss Chef's French chef's kiss. French kiss. Like that what? That's not with, at with, all what that is. With tongue mouth. With <laughs> tongue mouth? With open yeah. mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um Thank oh, you okay. everyone. That's fine. Yeah. Are, are you happy? Are you happy with that, Jordan? I am very much happy with Give that. me a big smile with those shades. Grin into the camera. <laughs> there we go. What a beautiful boy. That's not a smile. <laughs> Uh, thank you everyone so so much for coming back to us after our break through january it is great to be back this has been wonderful fun it's flown by and thanks for all the support along the way to our new channels the grief burrito gamer channel the grief burrito xl and the secret project that's coming soon the f bow the f is silent just say bow if you've enjoyed <laughs> this episode please make sure to subscribe and leave us a little comment below of just how great Buddy is, because he should be ranked so high on the best companions through games. I think we may have to do a companion rating episode in the future. If you'd like to see that, let me know. And we'll do that. <laughs> Jordan, where can they find you? They can find me at the Mr. John Core on Twitter. How about you? You can find me at HasWild, and you can find the podcast everywhere at Grief Burrito. Jordan, shall we go? Farewell. To another, another world. world! Oh, that was accidental. We didn't plan that. <laughs> <laughs>